stuff to talk about but mostly it's gonna be some football um and two reasons being that is because like i said there's a lot of stuff to talk about to cover that i really want to talk about and get into um and then find like i said because uh, with the scores that i want to go over tuesday night of course tonight and then of course or tomorrow if you're listening to it or yesterday excuse me if you're listening to this um and of course monday night i'm gonna go over a few things that went went down sunday uh, mostly to just kind of get into my power eight rankings, uh, of course my personal power rankings in the NFL, and then um, I also got some news, a few news stories to go over from the NFL, and then I want to get into the official college football playoff rankings. I believe this is the second week of that, so I wanted to get into that, um, talk about that, and then um, and like I said, when I took a look at the U.S. news going around, U.S. news cycle right now. All I see is coronavirus. Trump is mad. He's being rejected everywhere he goes. And um, and stimulus, stimulus, stimulus. So I'm done talking about coronavirus for now unless something takes a turn for the worse or takes a turn for the better. We've already mentioned, I've already mentioned here about Pfizer, the drug dealer, and their vaccine. We've talked about it. We've talked about how things have gotten worse, of course, with potential travel, blah, 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 holidays. I'm not getting into that every day. I'm not going to get into figures and all that every time I'm up here. So I'm going to take a break from that, but I will get into what may come about with the stimulus. I believe the House has recently passed something. I need to read into that, but I've been reading too much on Trump and what's going on and too much on, you know, just all that, even the stimulus. I've I've had too much of that right now, so I got to get away from that. Let's get into some football. I like to talk about this stuff as well, but again, like I said, We'll be getting into all that uh, in the future, the near future, and I will be letting you know um, what's up with that near the end of this show. So let's get into some football. Like I said, Tuesday night ends uh, week 14 or week 13 off uh, with, I guess, uh, business as usual with the Ravens uh, getting it done against the Cowboys 34-17. to uh, The Ravens move on to 7-5. and Cowboys move down to 3-9. and Like I said, business as usual. Ravens, of course, pretty certain they were the favorite despite what's been going on with them uh Andy Dalton um has been back uh relatively I believe I think the last week or so I wanted to talk a little bit about him he did go 31 of 48 in this game uh tonight's game or to, uh, yesterday's game if you're listening to it tomorrow uh but he would go 31 of 48 285 yards with two touchdowns and an interception like I said he recently has returned from coronavirus and dealing with a concussion now um he also well he was, you know, truthful and a transparent. I think the, the word here would be transparent enough uh, to kind of describe what it was like for him. Um, he missed a few weeks, of course, from playing. Uh, his son and his wife tested positive as well. Uh, he would also uh, deal with, I believe it was the headaches and also the loss of taste, smell, which he's starting to gain back, or at least he had started to get back within a, the last week or so. So, you know, Again, you can take and you can take that verbatim. You can take that how you like it. You can sit there and say, "Oh, whatever." Uh, you know, personal account is a whole totally different ball. You know, ball game. You know, um, ask Carl Anthony Towns, who's who's, you know, losing members. You know, on a high level to COVID. So we can sit there and talk about his realness and all that. You know, ask Freddie Freeman again, another athlete. Uh, this time for the Atlanta Braves, first baseman. Uh, he's had problems with that as well. He had to, you know, deal with that as well, even though he was still able to play. So, again, it's not 
a killer for a lot of people. We know this, but again, it's still serious in other cases. So again, I wouldn't want to deal with it. I'm not mess. I'm not tripping about it. If I'm out and about amongst people, I'm putting a, mount, a mask on. If I'm not around anybody, but I'm outside, I'm keeping a mask off. I'm not cutting off my oxygen. Okay. I'm not goofy enough to do that. But again, when I'm around people, I'm putting a mask on. Get over it. It's the way of the times. I'm not tripping about that no more. Uh, anyways, but because again, it's it's real. Something's out there, and you know that's the that's the thing. But you gotta be careful. You're not gonna say die from it. But again, ask Cam Newton what it was like. Ask Lamar Jackson what it was like. It's not real. I mean, just ask him what it felt like. Whatever. Anyways, Zeke Elliott was in action, 77 yards from him. Again, another non 100 yard game from him. I don't know what to say. I. I don't want to say the word wash, but he's definitely falling off a bit. Definitely falling off a bit. Michael Gallup uh, would be the team's leading receiver with seven catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Amari Cooper would have a receiving touchdown. He's falling off as well. And I'm not going to say the Raiders necessarily have a better receiving core, but I will say um, Amari Cooper, you know, we, we – did okay in that trade. Not like we, you know, got finessed or nothing. We actually are okay with where we where we're at right now. Hmm. Thinking about it. Linebacker Jalen Smith would be the team's leading tackler. He would have twelve and safety Dorian Thompson would have seven total tackles and an INT. For the Ravens, of course, Lamar Jackson came back. Uh this was his first game, of course, from you know, coming off the COVID list. He would go twelve with seventeen for one hundred and seven yards. So again, some struggles here. Albeit as he's probably getting back and, you know, you know, back used to playing and course game speed and all that. So I got to, you know, get it. I mean, he had the interception there, but altogether being the team second leading rusher with 94 yards and a touchdown there, you know, it's safe to say that he's okay. He'll be, I think he'll be optimum uh, within about another week or so. That's, that's my hope for him. Gus Edwards would be the team's leading rusher with over 100 yards. Uh, J.K. Dobbins would have 71 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin uh, would bring in receiving touchdowns as well. Uh, like I said, oh, we have some more COVID drama with Ravens receiver Des Bryant uh, testing positive. He was not able to suit up, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's move on back to last night. We got some Monday night football to talk about. And uh, well, let's start off with the Bills and the Niners. Uh, the Bills were able to pull away in this one. The final score being 32 to 22. Uh, the Bills are now nine and three, uh, and the Niners are five and seven for the Bills. Josh Allen, of course, uh, really up in this game, really developing as a passer. 32 of 40, 375 yards from him, and also four touchdowns. Uh, Devin Singletary uh, would also have uh, 61 yards on the ground. Cole Beasley would have nine catches for 130 yards and also a touchdown. Uh, sorry, tight end Dawson Knox and also wide receiver Isaiah Kinney. Uh, they were also, oh, and receiver Gabriel Davis would also get some touchdowns as well. So, again, Josh Allen is spreading the ball. He's getting rapport with all his receivers. And uh, it looks he looks good out there. I'm telling you, he looks as good as, um, you know, any pocket passer. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you name it right now. I, you know, you can say what you want about him. Um yeah, really, really good work here. Defensively, uh, Buffalo got help from Micah Hyde. The safety would have 12 total tackles and an interception. And defensive back uh, Levi Wallace would have 10 total tackles. And also uh, defensive back Erie, uh, sorry, uh, Trey White would have an interception. Uh, for the Niners, Nick Mullins would, have, would go 26-39 for 316 yards for three touchdowns and two interceptions. Jeffrey Wilson was a leading rusher for that team with 47 uh, Brandon Ayuk will be the team's leading receiver with 95 receiving yards and a touchdown. Tight end Jordan Reed would have a receiving touchdown, as well as fullback Kyle Juszczyk. And defensive back Jason Verrett would have 11 total tackles. And defensive end Deion Jordan would get himself a sack. All right, so uh, let's get into my Power 8 rankings. Talk about the best teams in the NFL right at this moment. Um, and this is based on pretty much everything, of course, in week 13, not necessarily including tonight, of course, um, being that, of course, the teams that were playing tonight aren't showing up. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we're going to start off with number eight. We got the Seahawks here. They are eight and four. 
the last game was a loss, 17 to 12 against the Giants. And I got them here uh, at eight. I'm pretty sure in other sources they're not going to be eight necessarily. Uh, I got them here because they had the worst loss in the week, in my opinion. They should have not lost to the Giants. Uh, running back Chris Carson is back, although he did not do a whole lot last week. But he, you know, he's going to get back. I'm pretty sure he'll get back into the swing of things. Russell Wilson is slipping, though. He will go 27-43 last week for a touchdown and an interception. Uh, again, multiple interceptions the past few weeks. So I got to, I don't know, he was an MVP uh, front runner in the beginning of the year. Now he's slipping as well. So you got to count that into some factors. Uh, L.A., I mean, sorry, uh, Seahawks right now, my number 18. Uh, number seven, we have the, the Rams here. They have the same record. Uh, just, again, a little bit more impressive, I guess. Uh, starting left tackle Andrew Whitworth, however, has been placed on IR. I believe he injured, oh, I want to say his, I don't want to guess. I don't want to make a guess here and be wrong, but he's on the IR. He won't be back for the rest of the year. Uh, they are currently third in overall offense, though, second in overall defense. Really balanced team here, most balanced in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, they are first against the run. Of course, we know about this team's defensive line. We don't have to always talk about it, though, but Aaron Donald, come on, savage. Michael Brockers, Savage. I'm just saying, they get it done. L.A. Rams here, number seven. Uh, number six, we have the Browns here. My opinion, they're nine and three, uh, but they had the most impressive win. They will finish with a winning record, regardless of what happens, for the first time since the mid 2000s, and they will have the chance to make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. So you got to give it to them. I believe that's the longest drought in the NFL at this current moment. Um, a lot of that is because of Baker Mayfield. But the question about him is, can he stay consistent? Last week, he would go 25-33 uh, for 334 yards and four touchdowns versus the Titans. Of course, that does not always happen for him. Uh, but then again, you know, I, I think he is improving. I don't think he has so much drama there right now, you know, because he doesn't have a toxic teammate. I know people don't want to say it, but I'll say it. People don't want to go there about him. But I think uh, OBJ is a little toxic. Not that great to play around. That's just my opinion. Hey, I don't think New York would have been so willing to, really, you know, will willing to trade him the way they were. He was all that. Again, he had the numbers. He had like, you know, talent. But again, there's obviously something else there that they were willing to part with. Think about it. Um, next up at number five, we have the Bills. They're also at nine and three as well. They are tenth in overall offense, five, uh, fifth in passing. Uh, with 288 passing yards per game, of course, we already know who's a part, who's responsible for that. They're also eighth in scoring. Josh Allen is the, you know, the conductor of all this. Uh, 20 to eight, 28 to eight touchdown interception ratio, 3,317 yards. He also has over, sorry, 1,200 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Can't fault the man right now. Balling. Uh, Stephen, uh, sorry, Stefan Diggs will have 90. Well, has 90 receptions on the year. Over a thousand yards for him, but just four touchdowns. But again, uh, really solid factor in that offense, particularly because a lot of the uh, well, they're pass heavy, a little bit pass heavy for one, and um, they don't really have a running game so much to speak of. So definitely offensively, he is one of the bigger tools that they rely upon, and he's up there in terms of receptions as well. So let's move on to number four with the Packers. They have the same record, nine and three. Uh, Matt Lafleur has made Packers history with the most wins. Uh, in the first two years as a head coach in Green Bay. So uh, kudos to him. I believe he's won 22 out of 22 uh, games. So he's only had two. I only got any losses. Wow. Um, I think about two losses uh, or four losses so far, I believe. So he definitely has 22 wins. Uh, now, currently the Packers are second in overall offense. They average 396 yards per game. They are 11th in defense as well, and they are first in scoring. Uh, Devontae Adams, again, a key piece of this offense, 84 receptions. So he's uh, a little bit down in receptions from Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs uh, also has a little bit uh, less yardage with just uh, 1,024 yards, but he does have way more touchdowns, uh, almost, yeah, yeah, a lot more here, 13. So let's move on to number uh, two. Oh, sorry, number three. We have the Saints who stand at 10-2. and two. Uh, Breeze, is pos it's possible for Breeze to make his return this week. At that, well, with that being said, Taysom Hill has gone 3-0. and oh. Hasn't looked too bad, actually, um, especially within the last game or so. Uh, and, you know, 
just in my opinion, they're still in the playoff race. I don't feel the real need to rush Breeze back if there's some success. That's just my opinion. Now, the defense is very legit. Over the past three games, they've only given up an average of nine points a game. They've produced 14 sacks with Trey Henderson leading the way. Uh, Trey Henderson is actually tied for the NFL lead with Miles Garrett with nine and a half. Uh, the Saints also have t- uh, 28 tackles for loss, six interceptions, and two fumble recoveries in that same time. Like I said, three games. This defense has stepped up to the plate, most definitely. So they're in my number three spot. And number two, we have the Steelers, of course. Uh, they take the loss uh, to the to the Redskins. We talked about that. Actually, we did not talk about it. So let's talk about it real quick. Alex Smith will go 31-46 for 296 yards and a touchdown. Peyton Barber would have a touchdown on the ground. Logan Thomas would have a pretty pretty damn good game. Excuse me. Nine receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Cam Sims would have five receptions and 92 yards. In terms of defense, uh, Washington. Did I say the Redskins? I hope I didn't. Um, Bar- uh, Washington was led by John Bostic. He would have 10 total tackles and an interception. And uh, we got safety. Uh, Cameron Curl, I think that's, yeah, Cameron Curl, yeah, eight total tackles from him, I think, yeah, I I kind of butchered my handwriting on that name, so forgive me, but for the Steelers, of course, we know they came up short in this one, Big Ben, 33 of 53, 305 yards, two touchdowns, but he would have a pick, uh, the team itself, as a team, as a whole, the Steelers would just have 27 rushing yards, not good. That's, I think, I mean, above all else, uh, of course, uh, we know about, well, I was going to tell you about Bud Dupree being out for the rest of the year, uh, one of their top defenders. Uh, I know a lot's been said about maybe how they play offensively or whatever. I'm not too sure all their criticisms, but one of the things that I've point, been able to point out necessarily, you know, for me, has always been his rushing game this whole season. Um, Connor, he'll, he's been out for a while now. Um, and you're just not getting no production there. Uh, Benny Snell uh, Jr., the rookie out of Kentucky. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's a bust or nothing like that. I'm not going to go there, but they're just not getting the production that they need to get. And um, it's a little bit unfortunate now because I think that's definitely one of the factors that's holding this team back. Because defensively, uh, there's some good play calling there, of course. Mike Tomlin, you know, that's his thing. Um course you have big ben offensively the receivers are not that bad uh deontay uh deontay johnson uh would have eight receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown james uh sorry yes uh james washington would have 80 receiving yards and a touchdown so the receivers are fine um i believe they have they have eric ebron there yes so the receivers are fine it's the running game um no production no production defensively the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers got help from Avery Williamson, nine total tackles, nine total tackles, and linebacker slash defensive end T.J. Watt, six tackles and a sack. So, again, Steelers come up short in this one. I kind of see it now. Um, I definitely see it. There's no running game there, so we can say what we want about them and blah 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 blah. But um, I think their biggest problem is that they can't run the ball. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'll be breaking down my top, well, my Power 8 rankings for the NFL, and I'll be also breaking down the official college football rankings. Um, and then I got some news. Of course, don't forget about the news as well. So I'll be back a little in a little bit, y'all. Disregard that last message, of course. Um, I already went through my power ranking, so don't worry about that. Okay, let's get into the news, y'all. All right, got a lot to talk about in the NFL. We're gonna start with Tennessee, 
and uh, they're going to be looking losing uh, some of the talent uh, for the rest, some of their talent for the rest of the year. Uh, Davion Clowney, their starting defensive end slash linebacker, has undergone a knee surgery and will miss the rest of the year. Clowney decided to play through the injury uh, through this part of the season up until this point, uh, but has been since placed on IR, uh, and that's uh, you know that's because of him choosing to take this surgery. Now, Clowney is currently just on a one-year contract with Tennessee, which is the cold part. Uh, he finishes the season with just 19 tackles, four tackles for loss, six quarterback hits in just eight games. Does he get re-signed? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think there's some production here within an eight-game span. I'm sure the lack of sacks does not help him. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, it it hurts him a little. It hurts him to an extent, but I think you know he does have a connection with Mike Vabro. Uh He was a defensive coach a while back for Houston. That might be able to save him. I still think he's well. He's also dealt with injury as well, if I'm not mistaken, um, in his time with the Texans. So he, you know, he can, you know, he can, he can kind of be considered injury prone. I don't want to. You know, say that term per se. Don't really want to put that label on somebody. But again, it's another significant injury. He's going to be missing the rest of the year. And uh, only time tells what happens with Tennessee. Whether or not they keep him. Let's move on. Uh, the, the offense, excuse me, the Dolphins-Bengals game was full of action. Not just on the, on the football field, but well, actually, all the action was on the football field. Uh, of course, the Dolphins got the better of the Bengals in this one, 19 to seven. But there was a couple fights to be had. Like I said, there was drama. Uh, first starting off with Miami defensive back Xavier Howard and uh, Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Uh, they got ejected for fighting on Sunday after the second quarter, uh, after their third down play. Um, this was after an intense argument. Uh, there was some pushing and some shoving. Some referees said there was a punch thrown. I didn't see no punches being thrown, but they decided to kick both of the players out. It wasn't even that serious. I don't know what to say. Uh, both players are actually doing pretty well in the game. Uh, Howard got his eighth interception of the year earlier in that quarter. Uh, Boyd also would have a 72-yard receiving touchdown early in the game as well. So, again, uh, probably a factor for both teams. Um, kind of sucky the way it went down. Uh, now, also, you had a, a fight later on in the game. I believe this was about the fourth quarter. Yeah, later on in the fourth quarter, actually maybe even earlier in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, uh, benches were clear and a scuffle will occur. Like I, yep, like I said, first fourth quarter, uh, after repeated late hits on Miami uh, punt returner Jakeem Grant. This would also even get head coach Brian Flores hyped. He came out on the field like he about to see somebody. I'm like, dude, I get it. You want to, you know, show up for your team. But realistically, your ass should not be fighting because you're just going to get in hell of trouble. And, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to ask. <laughs> Come on. You don't want let to the, let the players handle that, which they did. They got all up in Bengals' faces. They was punching each other. Then, that, then there was some punching. There was actually some punching there. Well, anything is, no, no, people, I don't think nobody, I don't know if people got ejected, but I do know you got some suspensions being handed out. Three players in total suspended, I believe, two Bengals, uh, one, um, one, one Dolphin, I think that is Devontae Parker, their starting wide receiver. Um, like I said, drama, you know, emotions are high, you know, for Cincinnati, they just lost their quarterback. They're pretty much out of it. They're playing for pride. That game could have probably went either way in a couple different places. I didn't see that one. I was to be watching and going over Raider games so much. Sorry. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. We should talk about the Raider game. I will. Yeah. We got the time. I got all night. Who cares? You guys like me enough. Anyways, um, you know, for the Bengals, like I said, they lost Joe Burrow for the rest of the year. They're playing for pride. Pretty sure the game could win either way. It was relatively close. Uh, so, you know, looks like some frustration uh, from Boyd and just probably, yeah, other Bengals as well. Uh, taking late hits out on the, the punt returner. Come on now. Golly. Um, 
that's a little egregious. Uh, for the Dolphins, they're fighting for a playoff spot. This is the best they've ever looked in a few years. Um, in a very long time. You don't want to say since Dan Marino, but that's probably what we're going for here. Uh, so, again, I get it. You know, they both want to, you know, well, like I said, for Miami, they want to prove that they're, uh, they ain't going to take no shit. So, again, just drama. Um, oh, yeah, some more COVID stuff. Looks like the Rams and Chargers won't be or will be spared from all these COVID restrictions. I think you guys probably have noticed this already. L.A. County and the California government has not prevented uh, contact sports in L.A. I wonder why. That's hella strange. But there's many more people that are in L.A. as opposed to Northern California. Like, again, in Northern California, we have all these different restrictions. All these different counties. Certain Not all counties are for all that. Um, me, personally, I don't think we need as many um, restrictions. Uh, I think gyms are okay. Bars and all that shit. I don't know about all that just yet. Outside restaurants, I'm cool with that. Um... Anything outdoors, I'm cool with. Anything on the inside, I think that's you kind of setting yourself up. Again, if you want to drink, can't you drink at home? Why motherfuckers need to go to a bar? Drink at your house. That's dumb. People, I don't get people. They just gotta. You just gotta be out and spend even more money. People, I don't. Y'all need stop. Stop exposing yourself. I keep getting into this. That's why I don't want to talk too much about COVID. But it leads me into my conspiracy ideas. Now, what I'm thinking is, well, why is it that you can't add no contact sports in Northern California right now? Is it because all the Northern California teams suck right now? And they're not, you know, they're not going to risk nothing by not having them not play? Looks like LA, you know, if you look, look, at the, look at the Rams, they could be in the playoffs. They lead in their division right now. They, you know, they're the best team in California. So it makes sense. Look at it like that. They don't like want to see the Niners play. Niners made it. <laughs> Niners said, "Oh well, we'll try to sneak out of it. We'll try to go to Arizona and got smacked." Okay, all right. <laughs> Rams and Chargers don't have to relocate. Why? Well, for the Chargers, at least the Chargers had some type of excitement with with Herbert. So Rams, they're just winning right now. So that's probably what it is. <laughs> I mean, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, I'm, I mean how LA doesn't have these restrictions despite it having been way way more we're talking a metro area of what shoot 20 million I could be over exaggerating just a little bit but there gotta be 15 to 20 million in that LA metro area and the bay area if you count um I guess all the surrounding counties around San Francisco Alameda and all that you got 7 million if you want to be nice and go ahead and steal Sacramento just to do it, just to have more numbers, you'd get like 10. So it's just like, I, I kind of don't, I don't get that. Um, but anyways, like I said, their divisional rivals, the Niners, they've had to relocate there in Arizona. Um, and they basically uh, have to, per NFL rules, they have to separate from each other. So there's some, um, from what I, the stories are, from what I'm kind of hearing, it's like there's almost some type of, you know, some loneliness out there. You know, players are being prompted to kind of hit each other up, text each other, because they can't really talk to each other. They can only talk to, like, I guess, well, I guess be around certain people or, like, I don't know, a limited number, number of people. They can't really, you know, interact too much in between games. Uh, just like they kind of tell you at your regular job, like, oh, make sure you don't go here, don't go out, and just come to work. Like, I'm not no robot. Calm that shit down. Like, excuse me. You, excuse me, it's not that important, I'm not gonna die here, like, I'm not even gonna catch it like that, so I'm not worried like that, so I'm gonna do what I want, <laughs> I don't know, but I, anyways, let's just talk more football, We since you got me here, we got Greg Williams getting kicked out of New York, we already know why, of course, for those of you who don't know exactly who I'm talking about, Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator, of course, for the New York Jets, New York Jets, Oh boy, yeah, we're gonna talk about that game in just a little bit. Let's talk. Let's talk about his firing first. Like I said, he was fired um, Monday morning by Adam Gase himself. <laughs> Adam fucking Gase. Yeah. Uh huh. We'll talk about him too. After Sunday's game, of course, uh, again the Jets were. I think actually the Raiders had a lead at first. Uh, really looking well. 
Jets uh, decided to storm back to the lead. Looked like they were going to win the game um, up until the Raiders decided, okay, we're going to play some defense. One last series. Pin you guys pretty deep in your end zone. You guys got to punt it. And um, Carr made a couple throws, then found rugs, and pretty much game over. Now, apparently the reason why that play looked to be so easy was because Greg Williams decided to call an all-out blitz, leaving the secondary pretty much ass out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this was the game, like I said, this was the game winner from Henry Ruggs III. And again, Ruggs had been struggling throughout the game. I believe he gave up at least one fumble. So again, wow. And this is a quote coming from head coach Adam Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase. That was a heartbreaking way for our guys to lose a game. Do they not watch your team last year? Anyways, uh, for that to happen in that situation, we all just can't have that happen. I know, right, Adam? Trash head coach. I know. Like, he, look, he looks so good making that call today. Look, he is just, he's, look, all he did is just help make his grade easier to dig okay because they gotta fire they don't have to fire the defensive coordinator too they just gotta fire yo ass so adam good job trying to find good good job trying to funnel that through greg williams this week don't get me wrong he made the wrong play call by all means but you're still a trash head coach bro okay you you did nothing. You you could have called a time. You could have checked him, and you didn't. You are terrible yourself. Shut up. <laughs> Go ahead and run him through the mill right now. You know, chop him up, put him on a chop block because you're next. Okay, they gonna put your head on the stake. I'm just gonna laugh. You ever seen that man? He looks like a meth head, straight up or coke, whatever. Look at his look at him. That man looks crazy and disheveled. I wouldn't want him to be my head coach. If my son wanted to play college ball, he was a college coach, he couldn't go to that school. No, you can't go to that school. That man, I don't trust him. <laughs> Trash head coach. And he got the nerve to blame Greg Williams. You've been, you sucked the whole time you've been a coach. <sighs> Trash. Anyways, um, his play call wasn't just scrutinized by the head coach, but the players got on Williams' head as well, including uh, one of the team captains, safety, um, Marcus May. I get it. The play call itself made no sense. I, I get why he could have been fired, but Gase, don't act like you're not right behind me. That's what Y'all should all just go out together. <laughs> Anyways, in 2019, Williams would help the Jets finish seventh in yards allowed, um, pretty much, you know, overachieving in ways. However, uh, many players were dev out on the desk this year. That was their problem. Um, for one, uh, they traded a few players away in the season, including safety Jamal Adams. Uh, they traded away linebacker Avery Williams. And also linebacker, their star linebacker, CJ Mosley, decided to opt out due to COVID. So, you know, yeah, you can definitely put some blame on Greg Williams for that play call, but it don't really. I mean, again, of course he could have had. I mean, he has the per, he had adequate enough personnel to win the game based on the situation, but you know, I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe he, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he go for the exciting sack and put a put a finale on the game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was some sabotage. <laughs> I don't know. This almost seems like some Machiavellian type shit. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about that game that they had with us, right? Um, again for the Raiders, okay, we pulled it off, right? Ugly ass game. Um, did we deserve it? With what transpired and why it transpired, I'm gonna still say we took it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's seven and five. It's no seven and five asterisks and in parentheses. Oh, but that win against the Jets was hella ugly. So again, take with it what you will, fans and non-fans alike. Uh, Derek Carr will go twenty-eight of 
47 for 381 yards. He would have three touchdowns. Uh, he would have a rushing touchdown as well, but he would have an uh, interception. Devontae Booker was the team's leading rusher. He would have 50 yards on the ground. Darren Waller, amazing game. Uh, 13 receptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. No answers for him at all. Henry Ruggs is the third would just have three catches. Again, he made some bonehead plays, but he was able to make up for 84 yards <clears throat> in total receiving. And, of course, the game won the touchdown. Whew. Wow. Defensively, we got help from Jeff Heath. The safety would have eight total tackles, and Nicholas Morrow, defensive end, would have five total tackles in a sack. For the Jets, Sam Donald, of course, uh, was under center going 14-23 to for 186 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Uh, he would have an interception. He would lose two fumbles. He would have a touchdown on the ground as well. Ty Johnson has a big game, uh, running all over our defense, something that doesn't necessarily always happen. I haven't seen too many 100-yard rushing games on our defense. It's normally the passing defense that has the biggest problems. Uh, but again, uh, Ty Johnson did his thing, was a factor in that game. Uh, like I said, 104 yards from him and a touchdown. Josh Adams uh, also had 74 yards on the ground as well. Uh, in terms of receiving, Jamison Crowder would have five catches, 47 yards, but he would have two touchdowns. And defensively, linebacker Neville Hewitt would have 12 total tackles. He would have a sack and a tackle for loss. And uh, defensive back Arthur Mollett would have an interception. So, again, as far as the takeaways from the game, again, the Raiders had an early lead. They seemed to be, you know, doing their thing. And then I I guess they got hella complacent in terms of their play calling and just allowed these guys to get back in the game. And it was unfortunate because they they could have really won it. And that would have really put our playoff um, playoff situation in a very serious in jeopardy. Um, I think with 10-6, you kind of, I don't want to automatically count us out at 10-6, but it's so hard because I've seen people go, I've seen teams go 12-5, and five, sorry, 11-5 and five, and not make it. Matter of fact, I've seen the Patriots go 11-5 and five, not recently per se, but I've seen them go 11 and five, you know, through the course of time and not make it. So, um, you know, and then again, just with, you know, what, what I saw the last two weeks, you know, you look at next week with the Colts. Wow. And then, you know, you got Miami right after that. That's scary. You know, um, none of these games are gimme games. And, uh, for the Raiders, they gotta be on their best P's and Q's again. Another good, good game I would say from Derek Carr. Um, he would have the one interception, but again, not something that's good. That you know, lost us a game. He didn't throw the game away, so I have to give him props there. Um, a little bit worried that the running the running game did not show up. I do not think they showed up the week before. So two back-to-back games where we struggled there. Um, as far as I know about the Colts, they have a really good run defense. So that's that's a cause for concern. Um, what we may play through our receivers, um, Henry Ruggs, despite the negative plays he made, he was able to save himself. Darren Waller, monster game. 13 receptions, over 200 yards. You also got Nelson Aguilar. I don't think he was so much of a factor in this game, but he's been a factor in others. So you got to look out for him as well. So, a very ugly game that shouldn't have got this close. I really don't, really, can I can't really articulate how it got that way um, other than just being really conservative offensively. And, you know, not even having, it didn't even seem like we were being, having success with that, meaning having sustainable drives, you know, getting more points. Um, yeah, we didn't score a whole lot until the game. We, yeah, we didn't even score until like the game winner almost seemed like, yeah, we didn't. So, uh, we still got to be able to score points. And I, I think that's another thing that I want to, I, I looked at at the offense and kind of got a concern about. So, with the running game being distant the past couple of weeks and also just the offense being able to take that extra step to stop out a team, are we there yet? 
with off with our offense. If we have a lead, can we put on the put on the gas and and uh, knock a team out? That's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at right now. And um, of course, this week is going to be a good test. We're going to be playing against with another potential playoff team. So there you go. I got one more news story to go news story to go over with uh, to go over with you guys. Uh, we have some news coming out of Philly, and they have decided that they want a change in quarterback. Head coach Doug Peterson has announced that rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts will be their new starter versus New Orleans. How do I feel about it? You know, let me let me talk a little bit about why we're here. Last week, Carson Wentz would go 6-15, god damn, for 79 yards, zero touchdowns, and was sacked four times in their loss to Green Bay. This year, he has a 16-15 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Not good. Jalen Hurts will finish the game 5-12, for 402 yards, and a touchdown to Greg Ward. Currently, the, the Eagles are 3-8 in a course one with the draw um, for what it's worth yes um, Jalen Hurts threw a touchdown He's, his numbers seem slightly better the Eagles O-line is trash I do not think he has a whole lot of success next week just to be honest with you especially with the Eagles sorry Yes, with the Eagles offensive line and that matchup against New Orleans and their defensive line. I don't think anybody would necessarily look great behind that offensive line, to be honest with you, currently. That has a lot to do, not just, then that has nothing to do with wins. That might be coaching, that might be personnel. Changes need to be made. Is Wentz to blame for those issues? Not necessarily. Has he made some bad plays? Himself? Based on the touchdown to interception ratio, yes, but then clearly being sacked four times doesn't help either. And being sacked multiple times in any game, which has been his, uh, been been what's happening for him. Because if I'm not mistaken, he's the most sacked quarterback in the league. So, with that being said. I don't really think Jalen Hurts does all that well. Five or twelve was not is well less than fifty percent, so that certainly doesn't look accurate. The touchdown is fine, but the accuracy is meh. He can run, he can do a couple things, but is that mostly because the defenses won't be necessarily sure of him or knowing exactly what he has to offer? I'm pretty sure there's not a whole lot of tape on him, so. Sure, he might have some early successes, but I don't see that. I don't see him winning. All this, because I heard, you know, your boy, um, oh, Skip Bayless, him and him and Shannon, Skip, Skip, over here this morning. You know, he's over here like, oh, the team is going to rally behind this guy. The team is going to rally behind Hurts. The team will rally behind anybody. That team rallied behind Nick Foles. Shut up, old man. Listen, they could be all hyped up and ready to play. That team is not that good. They're going to get beat on, no matter who the quarterback is. This team has a lot of holes. They don't have any really good wide receivers. Obviously, that offense did not suit Nelson Aguilar. You can see what he's doing in Oakland. Oakland, sorry, Vegas. Almost a career renaissance. I would almost say he can get, if he can get maybe a couple more touchdowns, maybe a couple hundred more uh, receiving yards by the end of the year, you can even say comeback player. I don't most approved player. I, you know, hey, that's me. The Eagles they got some issues here, um, and it has to, and it comes to a point where maybe it's a coaching. I mean, because again, they drafted Carson. Y'all knew what he was gonna bring, and it's so funny. Um, because this would be the guy, and, and this is what, I mean, oh man, you know, this, this made me just think about something, you know, before I started recording, 
is there really race still being played here? Because, again, of course, they drafted it. Well, maybe not race, but maybe, maybe is it, is it, is it just, oh, man. Because I find it very weird, right, with Carson Wentz. He's probably, I think he's only given you one full season in which he's been around for a full 17 games and actually gotten you to the playoffs. Whether or not, okay, of course they lost that playoff game, but he got you there, right? You have one such of those seasons. Of course, we know about the Super Bowl run where he did well, but he couldn't play because he was injured and Nick Foles was there. Again, the team rallied behind him. He signs a multi-year extension with over a hundred million dollar guarantee. Now, how is it he can get it, but everybody named Mama wanna 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 complain about Dak? And well, why should Dak get it? Dak don't need to get it. Dak don't need to get it. And then they turn around and give him the multi-year extension, even though they want to sign a quarterback. Go figure. This team is lost. And and to bring it back to Dak, you know. They talk about giving Dak. They want. They gave Dak. Dallas gave Dak uh, a franchise tag. This is your candidate for a franchise tag. He didn't deserve a hundred year, a hundred million dollar guaranteed extension. Dak is the one that deserved that. And see, and again, I know people are gonna have their problems with that. I know the biggest argument that people kept telling me, well, well, you can go. You can just draft a quarterback. You can. Why would I? So, so, so silly. You guys are so silly. You guys are so short-sighted. You go, this is your argument against giving somebody like Dak his money. Even though, obviously, he's, in my opinion, similar build, sort of, to Carson Wentz. Similar play style. They both can run a little bit. They're not, I wouldn't say they're rocket arms. They kind of play the same way. Play same play style. Okay. Um, people will say, well, why, why get Dak? We can, we can fill up all these other holes with more money. We can save money and draft and draft a rookie. Oh, okay. That's, 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 that's true. You can draft the rookie quarterback despite having a quarterback that's already taken to the playoffs. That's already shown improvement that you know what you're going to get. You'd rather sit there and say, "Well, let's put our let's let's put our chances in this year's draft. We can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Look, their household names in college. Who knows if that translates into the league? And we can sit there again. You have to have the perfect kind of setup for that. We saw Baker Mayfield struggle out the gate. Uh, we're seeing look at look at Justin Herbert." Look at uh, look at Joe Her- look at Joe Burrow. He's gone. Okay, so are we really gonna sit there and say, oh, let's just let's just bring in the old quarterback? We can just bring a quarterback in here with that offensive line. And so, but the thing is, they say they figure, oh well, if we don't, if we draft a quarterback, then we can we can just get a defensive back to waste the money here on a defensive back, get a defensive lineman. Let's build up our old line with money. Y'all did that years ago, and what happened? They got old. Hmm. How about this? How about yes, you can draft the quarterback, but you can also draft the top-rated defensive lineman. You can also draft the top-rated quarterback. You can draft the offensive lineman. You can build your team through the draft. You can you can keep Dak and build everybody else around him. He's relatively young enough to the point you can do that. This offense, this offensive line is old enough to the point where you'd have to start building it up anyways. Who, I mean, look at look at Zeke. He's tradable. Y'all like Tony Pollard anyways. I'm sorry if I went into the Cowboys, but I just have an issue with him. Now that I think about it, this guy gets the guarantee one, and then, but not but not Dak, who, with the exception of this year, has been there. Wow. Woo. And then you go ahead, you give him the extension, and then and then still draft the quarterback in the second draft. In the, sorry, in the second round of the draft, as though oh, well, this is just our backup plan. He should have gotten a franchise tag if that was the case. 
So what are you gonna do now? You're gonna try to trade to whom? Who's gonna want? Who's gonna want him? I'm pretty. I mean, there's some teams that need a quarterback. You got who? Um, well, no, Chargers drafted their franchise. It looks as though unless Baker Mayfield completely falls flat on his face the next few weeks, they miss the playoffs. He looks to be their franchise as a quarterback out there in Cleveland. Raiders got theirs. Who can you think of? Okay, maybe Minnesota, who might not be happy with Kirk Cousins. Maybe. You got Washington. Okay, divisional rival. Can you deal with that? Um, Who else would need a quarterback? Jacksonville. Phillip Rivers, maybe. I mean, there's some teams that need a quarterback. Could they be willing to trade for that salary? Yeah, I don't. I don't think y'all thought that through. You could have easily made him go to free agency this season. You could have made him. I don't see how y'all y'all didn't think that through. You could have just said, "Look, take the franchise, leave it, whatever. We're gonna draft a quarterback anyway." Because it seemed to me that, especially if you draft, I can't remember who their first round draft pick was, if they had one. That is. But if you go ahead and draft a quarterback relatively high within the first or second round, you, you you want them to be in the future plans. If they're not going to be your immediate starter, obviously you drafted them to be the, the guy at some point, right? Otherwise, why are you doing it? So you could have easily went ahead, drafted him, drafted you know your boy Hurts, uh, and gave and gave once a tender. A tag, a franchise tag. You have the leverage. What did he? What has he done? You gotta think. I, I, whew, I, I wish I should have got a degree <laughs> in some sports magic. I could have. I could have been a GM for this team. What would you do that for? Why would you sign a guy to a hundred million just to just to say, look, middle of the, middle of the year, you're struggling. Let's put in this this rookie. Stop it. You could. You if you were gonna do that. And I, I know you guys weren't probably thinking in that. Maybe you guys didn't think he struggled as much. But if you had any type, I would any type of doubt in my opinion. I mean, again, because again, if you're drafting someone that high like that, because you could have went ahead and just picked up any old backup in the fifth or sixth round, but between the fifth and seventh round, I would I would have said, oh man, he's definitely fifth fifth and seventh round quarterback, definitely a backup. Nothing to expect here. I would have easily just said, oh, yeah, they're going with Wentz, whatever. He starts to struggle. Then you put in that other quarterback. I get that. But you but you, but you, you sign up, but then draft somebody high. And they go, oh, well, he's struggling, so let's put in this. Well, why would you sign him? I just, I just can't, I can't do it. You give him the tender. Let him become a free agent. You, you got the, like I said, you got the leverage. Just hear me out here. Philly, Philly fans, and all my people, share this so my Philly peoples can hear this. Listen, you should have gave Wentz the franchise tag. He has done nothing necessarily that great to hold any type of leverage against you guys. You give him the franchise tag, take it or leave it. He walks. You got Jalen Hurts, right? That's what you were, right? So you got your quarterback, right? He stays. He has a year to prove himself. Okay, and then you have, and you have, he has a year to prove himself with the franchise tag, and you have a quarterback that you want. So in case, oh, he does struggle, you only got him tied to to just the, the whatever whatever the franchise tag was for the one year, and you can say, well, goodbye if he doesn't want to come back, or if you don't want him to come back. You. <laughs> Oh boy, and you gave him a hundred million guaranteed. Whew. I don't know how you're gonna make it work if you don't want to mess with him going forward. That's Philly, you guy. <laughs> oh God, I, I, wow, guys, I just, I just, when I looked at this again, it's really got to me. This is hilarious that they did this to themselves. They screwed themselves. Cause I really have no problems with Jalen Hurts. I just know that this this team has far too many holes that can be addressed with just a quarterback change, especially to go with a rookie. 
Now there might be some excitement there. They might rally some people, some people up, some guys up, but the team is still gonna have problems. Period. So, I guess Philly for the future, clap, whatever. That's y'all go ahead. Y'all go right ahead. More power to you. <laughs> wow. Um. All right, y'all. So. It, Let's get let's uh, wrap everything up. Let's get into some college football. Uh, just a quick rundown of the college football playoff rankings. Of course, this will update week by week. But between me and you, um, unless something happens within these conference championship games that are coming up pretty soon, I do not see uh, any major changes. So let's break down the top four, and then I'm gonna break a sorry break down a couple teams. Uh, looking uh, that are on the outside, excuse me, on the outside looking in. All right, let's start off with number four, Ohio State. They are currently undefeated, 5-0. and uh, This was their first cancellation of their rivalry game with Michigan in 100 years. This is the biggest news for them. Uh, there's a lot of COVID cases going on at Michigan's campus. Maybe Michigan just wants to get out of that game, and Harbaugh just wants to save himself for another ass-whooping and to save his job for another, another day. Hey. You never know. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, this may and this could, will, this will hurt the Buckeyes because it could disqualify them from the conference championship game, and again, it could affect their playoff chances because again, a lot of these teams that are going to be you know within that mix are going to have that extra conference championship game. SEC plays a conference championship game. Big Twelve plays a conference championship conference championship game. Pac-12, so on and so forth. A lot of conferences do, really, but especially the ones that are going to be in this playoff mix, which is just four teams. Uh, so, again, that's the biggest news coming out of there. We've talked about them in terms of stats. Top top team in terms of offense, one of the top teams in terms of defense. So, that's why they're undefeated, pretty much. Let's move on to number three, uh, Clemson, 9-1. and one. Their last uh, game was a win, 45-10 versus Virginia Tech. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence would go 12-22 uh, for 195 yards. He would throw a touchdown, uh, but he would would throw an interception. He would also have two rushing touchdowns. So, again, helped out his team on the ground through the air. Um, I don't know about the Heisman candidacy right now. About the, Yeah, about that right now. I definitely, I'm definitely pulling for Kyle Trask right now, but pretty solid game from Lawrence. Cornell Powell would be the team's leading rusher. He would have 90 rushing. Sorry. Um, uh oh, sorry. Uh, Travis Atien would have 66 yards on the ground. I believe he'd have a rushing touchdown as well. Um, Carnell Powell will be the team's leading receiver with 90 yards and a touchdown. And safety Nolan Turner would have eight total tackles in that game. Uh, some new faces are in the defensive rotation at linebacker for this team, including freshman, uh, freshman Trenton Simpson as well as sophomore Kane Patterson. And also you got Levante, uh, Levante Bentley. Uh, they were all uh, they all got some action last week. For Bentley, he would all, he would get a sack in that game. And defensive end Xavier Thomas, he's also a new cat in the mix. He would get his second most snaps uh, at the position last week. So again, some new faces being uh, infused in that Clemson uh, defense. But it looks like they're showing off their depth. Um, very scary for a team facing off against them this deep, this late into the season. At number two, we have Notre Dame undefeated at 10-0. Uh, they will be rematching against Clemson in the ACC title game. That is the, one of the biggest piece of news news for them. That is, a, I think they got one more game before them. Ian Book has 30 wins on the year. Uh, 30, sorry, 30 wins as a starter, and that is the most in Notre Dame history. So he has made history. I've given him some some hell on this on this platform. So I apologize, but you know. Some you know, I do what I do. But again, he's the most winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, so he deserves some props here. Senior left tackle Liam uh, Eichenberg is a finalist for the Outland Trophy, which is for the best offensive lineman. So you got some depth there. We've talked about some of their defensive uh, stars there, uh, more notably at linebacker. So again, another balanced team here with Notre Dame. Still undefeated. At number one, finally, we have Alabama. They are 9-0. and uh, they are fourth in overall offense, fourth in passing. They average about 361 yards per game. They are 35th in overall defense, uh, lower than what they normally are. Uh, but they are 21st against the rush. 
Mac Jones is a big part of this offense. Again, uh, taking well, filling in the shoes of Tua Tagovailoa. 300, sorry, 3,113 yards in a year on 75% pass, 75 on the 75% completion percentage, excuse me, 27 to 3 uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Another big factor to this offense is Najee Harris. The running back has over 1,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. Um, I think looking at it right now, I like Dama. Again, it's um, actually no. I, I definitely like Bama right now. It's a little bit diff- different because these teams do not have a whole. I don't think they, a lot of these teams played any conf- non-conference games. I can't see any team here that played a non-conference um, schedule. I think Clemson and Notre Dame might have played a couple non-conference games, uh, but for the most part, they've all played teams in their conference. So I can't really. I mean, you can really say how they compare, kind of. Um, I definitely like Bama right now. Um, they seem to be very balanced, in my opinion. Uh, Mac Jones throwing the ball around efficiently. Najee Harris scoring, it seems like, at will. Uh, so I let, definitely like Alabama's chances. I don't know what happens with Ohio State um, with the cancellation of that Michigan game. I'll have to keep you guys noted on that because it might affect its play, playoff chances. It very might uh, really affect that because... Those final games, those last games of the season, that's all the committee has to watch are those last, you know, conference championships. So that'll be their last impression on who they want, you know, their last impression that they get for those playoff teams. So a couple teams on the outside looking in, two SEC teams. I don't know. I don't like to perpetuate. I, I know I personally don't like to perpetuate the SEC buys, but that's, you know, where they're ranked. Number five, we have Texas A&M. They are seven and one. They will bring back starters, uh, defensive back Elijah uh, Elijah Beto, and also freshman linebacker Kashawn Brown. Oh, sorry, Elijah Blades. Handwriting is off. Sorry, y'all. They're bringing back sorry defensive back Elijah Blades and freshman linebacker Kashawn Brown. So they got some depth coming back to defense. Uh, they will be hosting four and four Ole Miss this Saturday. I think the SEC is deep enough, and well, they'll say it's dangerous enough to make this a trap game. I'll call it a trap game because you never know, uh, especially if it's a road game. Uh, they are 21st in total defense. They are also eighth against the run. They can stop the run, so that's pretty much their factor. One of their biggest factors for them right now. Kellamond, of course, uh, down year in terms of his production. Uh, he's normally man. He he was having like four, like 400, 500 passing yard games last year, but not so much this year, uh, but Texas A&M still in the mix there uh, at number five. At number six, we have Florida. They are 6-1. and one. Uh, Not too much to say about them, but they are 10th in overall scoring. They score about 42 points a game, 12th in overall offense, and they're also for, uh, first in passing, like I said, Kyle Trask. Um, my opinion, my, uh, my opinion, the pick to win the Heisman, I don't know where he's ranked at right now. I have to share those rankings with you guys when I get to him. Uh, but personally, this team is another team on the outside looking in. I think they have an opportunity to play for the SEC title. If I'm not mistaken, they are currently in the lead of that conference with Georgia losing last weekend. If I'm not, well, I don't think Georgia left uh, lost this year. Yeah, we're going to have a really uh, interesting uh, couple of weeks. I think we have, like I said, one more week until um, – conference championship games and the final regular season games so it'll be interesting to see who makes it to these championship games and you know how these you know matchups play out especially in the sec because uh pretty much who wins that uh, conference is gonna pretty much make it uh to the playoffs that's just the way it is all right y'all i'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight uh we like i said i don't we had a lot to get through like I said, later on this week, I will have some more news for you guys. Uh, of course, not so much sports related, uh, but I do want to get into some NBA. We've got the uh, season that's about to start this weekend. I do want to get into a preview of that. College basketball has just uh, started, so we're going to get into that a little bit later on. As far as the YouTube channel is concerned, uh, i got a new sports stories uh, that I'm working on. Uh, this time, it's going to be some WWE related. Oh, yeah. Taking it back, my favorite episode ever of Monday Night Raw. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, Big Show, all those guys, China, R.I.P., Triple H. 
the whole gang from back in the day. Not Rufus Aggression. No. Mm-mm. You know we talking about Attitude Era. So, uh, again, check uh, take a look out for that. I should have that ready for you guys by this weekend. And, um, yeah, as far as everything else, yeah, of course I got some other stuff. But when I get to it, when I'm ready to get started on it, I'll let you guys know. There's a lot of stuff I got to work on, obviously. You guys know this. So, keep up with the support. Thank you guys. It means so much to me, especially what's going, with what's going on right now. Uh, you guys are pretty, uh, well, sure you guys know that this is you know what I'm trying to do as a career. Um, so, thank you for the support. Any suggestions, anything you might want me to talk about on this platform, let me know. Follow me on Instagram, ljamah91, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. You can also follow me on Facebook, Johnny, or you just follow the Facebook page, Never Out of Bounds. Same as the show, same as the YouTube channel. You can follow me there. Make sure you subscribe, please share, like, all that good stuff. Um, I'm trying to get more consistent with my content. That is the whole thing about YouTube. In order for them to really push me like that, my content, I got to put out hella stuff. Until then, until I get on that hype, just like it. So, you know, watch, subscribe. That helps as well. So whatever you can do, please do your thing. Um, it's much appreciated. All right, y'all. I will be back. Um, if I'm not back tomorrow night, uh, that would be, I'll put me at Wednesday. Then I will be back Thursday. Um, Thursday night just to kind of go over Thursday night football we'll start from there alright y'all if anybody hasn't told you yet I love you peace out one love I'll let you guys later